KMTT, Kimitzion Teitzei Torah. You're listening to the Erev Shabbat program, Erev Shabbat Kodesh Parshat Veshev, Kaf Bet Kislev. The Erev Shabbat program is Lilui Nishmat Shlomo Yosef Ben Chaim Shmuel, and I'm your host, Jonathan Snowbell. <coughs> Here we are, Kaf Bet Kislev, middle of the winter. Chanukah starting in just a few short days. And the host clearly has a cold from the freezing cold weather in Israel, but alas, not. The weather in Israel is quote-unquote beautiful. In the Yerushalayim area, we're living up to 18, 20 degree weather, sunny skies. And of course, the problem is that there is no rain. So those of you listening, if you haven't started saying Va'anenu and Shema Koleinu, please start praying for rain intensely in Israel. We are in a bad state here. As far as that, <coughs> we've had a few brief tickles of rain, nothing serious at all, nothing that will certainly make a dent or even stop the Kinar from further going down where it is too low already. And with that, we will move over to discuss Hanukkah. Yes, it's Parshat Vayeshev, and it is a worthy topic to discuss, Parshat Vayeshev. However, we cannot miss the opportunity to speak about Chanukah in advance of Chanukah. So we have something to think about during Chanukah, and not only at the end of Chanukah. If we were to leave our Chanukah talk program till next Shabbat. When it comes to Chanukah, we have this concept of Pirsume Nisa when it comes to lighting the Chanukah candles. We light the Chanukah candles in a place where it's very public or very visible from the road and this is to publicize the miracle and in addition we light in the shul and it is well known that in many communities across the world across Israel uh, there are those associated with a certain branch of Hasidut who like lighting Chanukah candles in city squares and the like. And all this makes us ask the question, is this a correct interpretation of the Pursumenisa that is presented to us in the Halakha? <coughs> the Halakha dictates to us that we should light our Chanukah candles at the entrance to our house, on the opposite side of the door of where the mezuzah is and on the outside of the door so it's not for the people inside the house it's for the people outside the house one's initial reaction then is to say of course this is pure sumenisa we are publicizing the miracle by placing our Hanukkah candles on the outside of our door for everybody to see very nice however there is one problem with this interpretation. The halacha also talks about a different scenario. Let's say somebody lives in a second floor of a house and he doesn't have an entrance on the ground floor. Presumably it means his entrance was through the house on the bottom, which was not his house, and then he went upstairs to the second floor and that's his house. So his entrance to his house is somewhere inside the house. He doesn't have an entrance on outside to the Rishut Harabim, to the public domain. 
And there the halacha says, okay, so he'll light in his window upstairs. Oh, very good. He'll light in his window upstairs, and then the halacha describes how high his window can be from the ground floor in order that it should still be significant, that people should be able to see um, his Nerot Chanukah. And, but assuming that it's not above that height, then it's fine for him to lighten his window, and that will be the way he'll fulfill the mitzvah of Ner Chanukah. However, one may ask a question. Why didn't the Halakha suggest that the Nerot Chanukah on the main floor could also be lit in the window. Perhaps my, the entrance to my house is a little bit hidden away. I have a big bay window right in the forefront of the house, as many people do. And that would be the most publicized place to put a Chanukiah. Maybe that's what's preferred. Why does the Halacha only mention the window option for the second floor. Why is it not an option for the first floor, and perhaps at certain times a preferred option? Now, I have to admit that I light, in my present place of dwelling, in the window of our kitchen. It overlooks a path that many people traverse. And my door, on the other hand, is a door into a stairwell of my apartment building, which almost everybody in the apartment building, if not everybody, would see my candles if I lit it there. But if I light it in the window of my kitchen, many more people, t- multiply multiply the number by tens, would be able to see my Hanukkah candles if I light it in the window. And that's where I light. And I'm questioning this practice, and I say, Ha'omnam, is this in fact what the Halacha had in mind? If the halacha's interest was maximizing Pirsume Nisa, and only maximizing Pirsume Nisa, then the window seems like the best option. And then we could perhaps say the halacha didn't mention the window option, but the window option is the better option as well. In other words, the halacha only mentioned the window option on the second floor because that's their only option, but clearly the window option is an option on the first floor as well. However, it appears to me that the halacha didn't accidentally say the door of the house. And there is a reason for this. And that while the Nerot Chanukah are connected to Pirsume Nisa, publicizing the miracle, there's another aspect here which is involved in Nerot Chanukah as well, which relates specifically to the door of the house. We know this is mentioned in Halachas Farim that one of the decrees of the Syrian Greeks during their rule over Israel was that any virgin bride, before she was married, she was brought to the hegemon, to the hegemon, and the hegemon would have his way with her and defile her before she was married. In other words, what was a value amongst the Jewish people, the modesty, the one the one man and one woman being married to each other, this was a value that 
the Syrian Greeks try to take away the defile from the Jewish people. There's a Midrash, which I won't read the Midrash right now, which describes even more, in a more grandiose fashion, this attitude. They describe that the Syrian Greeks decreed that the Jews should not be allowed to have doors and doorposts. What is the significance of this? The significance appears to be is that they should have no privacy, they should have no modesty, they should have no family life. (coughs) This is what the Syrian Greeks were trying to take away from them, both with the decree regarding the hegemon, and and as well with the decree regarding every single individual household. And this brings us back to Nerot Chanukah. Because when we learn the halachot of Chanukah carefully and correctly, as opposed to the prevalent practice amongst Ashkenazic Jewry today, in which we feel like every individual is obligated to light Chanukah candles, the more basic understanding of the mitzvah of Ner Chanukah is that the mitzvah of Ner Chanukah is an act of mitzvah which is an incumbent on the members of a household. And once again, let's not be mistaken. One might think, okay, in the Svarti household where the Baal Habayit, the master of the house, lights one Chanukiah for everybody, that he is removing, he is performing the act <coughs> in lieu of everybody else, just like a Baal Habayit makes Kiddush for everybody and everybody listens and hears and fulfills the mitzvah, so too when he lights the Chanukah candles, the listeners and watchers are Yotzeh the mitzvah. That is not the case with Chanukah candles. In fact, even if a person is not there, but the Baal Habayit, the master of the house, lit the Chanukah candles in the house, the person is Yotze. He'll be coming home two hours later. He doesn't need to light Chanukah candles again. The Baal Habayit lit. He was Yotze the mitzvah already. The most basic mitzvah, whether Ashkenazic or Sephardic Jewry, is one light, one Chanukah candle for each household every night of Chanukah. It's the household we're talking about. And now... When we're talking about a household, the door of the household, while it is the entrance to the outside, and by placing my Chanukah candle outside my door, I am accomplishing Pirsumenis, publicizing the miracle, the Nerot Chanukah are also on the entrance of my house, guarding the entrance into my house. They are protecting my house if you will. They're guarding my house. But the Syrian Greeks try to take away my privacy. What goes on in my house was in the public domain. The Hanukkah candle stands on the entrance of the house and on the one hand shines out to the Rishut HaRabim, to the public domain, publicizing the miracle of Hanukkah. On the other hand, it protects the inhabitants of the house. And it says, keeping the mitzvot, as the Jews did, despite the decrees of the Syrian Greeks, that is what protects the household. That protects the household for those who would take away the modesty of the household, the privacy of the household, the family life of the household, the mitzvah sitting on the entrance of the house, simple candle, simple mitzvah, 
protecting every Jewish family. Some like, in some way, like the blood of the Korban Pesach, the Pesach sacrifice in Mitzrayim, that was put along the doorposts of the house, of the door, that protected the inhabitants of the house from the dangers of the outside. That being the case, so the fulfillment of the mitzvah has a two-edged fulfillment. One is to publicize the miracle, and one is to protect the household. Well, now we can come along and say, wait, what, one second, let's say I can't light my chan. I don't have a doorway to the public domain. Then perhaps because I'm missing one element of the mitzvah and I can't light on my doorway, I don't light Hanukkah candles. I'm not in a position to light Hanukkah candles. To that, the halacha answers, okay, so on the second floor, you light in your window and perhaps you'll only get Pursumenisa, or perhaps even in the window, it's protecting the house, because it's still relating to a household. Even if it's not protecting the household in the doorway, like it should be ideally, the candle in the window relates to the house. That being the case, it protects the house, and it also accomplishes publicizing the nice Pursumenisa. With the exception of lighting Nerot in the shul, which is also a mitzvah that we fulfill during Chanukah, and we even make a bracha on, which seems to relate not to the household, but to the lighting of the Nerot Chanukah in the Beit HaMikdash. Lighting candles in a public domain, but in a place that does not relate to a house, is nice, but then seems to not have any halachic significance. The mitzvah is ner ishu veto, again with the exception of lighting the candles in the shul, which the shul represents the Beit HaMikdash. Lighting candles is for the purpose of pursuing Isa and protecting the household. Relating to the household. Ner ishu veto. Lighting a Chanukah menorah, or Chanukiah, more correctly, on the corner of 5th and 3rd, or whichever intersection you choose, or at this airport, or at that airport, on the top of this building, or on the top of that building, is very nice. It's as nice as if I were to take out a front page article in the New York Times, on Erev Chanukah, and write out in great detail the miracle of Chanukah, for everybody to see, and that would be a great Pirsume Nisa, but none of us would be mistaken as to thinking that that was a mitzvah, fulfillment of the mitzvah of Nerot Chanukah. So too lighting Chanukah candles in these public places, which do not relate to a house, at a simcha, in a, in a social hall, which does not relate to a house, will all be very nice and symbolic, but will not be halachically considered lighting of Nerot Chanukah. And therefore, on the first level, one should be careful that one should not make a bracha in those circumstances. It's not the mitzvah of Ner Chanukah. But I'm not just being nitpicky, because it's important for us to know both sides of Nerot Chanukah. I'm not just being nitpicky and saying, oh, what those people do, who are related to a certain sect of Chassidut, 
by lighting the candles in those places. Ah, it's nonsense. It's not utter nonsense. There is an element of Pirsumenis in the lighting of Nerot Chanukah. But the, the Pirsumenis should not be at the expense of not understanding the other aspect of Nerot Chanukah, and that is the strengthening of the household. And the strengthening of the household, in that sense, has to relate to the house. And according to Halacha, should even relate to the door of the house, protecting the entrance into the house. As I said, it's somewhat like Korban Pesach. The blood of Korban Pesach in Egypt protecting the Jewish people, the Jewish inhabitants of the households. And in that sense, my message to all of us is that we should have a Chanukah in which we are both publicizing the miracle to the outside, to our fellow Jews, perhaps also to our fellow human beings, and as well, turning to the inside, strengthening our ties to our families, to our wives, to our husbands, to our children, to our parents, to our siblings, spending more time with each other. Hanukkah is a great time for that because we all have to come home early to light Hanukkah candles. We have to come home early, and then if we have to come home early, then we can spend a longer evening together. And on that level, I'd like to wish to all our listeners of the Arab Shabbat program and KMTT in general, a Shabbat Shalom and Chanukah Sameach.